Hello, and welcome to the Smart Injury Doctors Podcast, the injury market's top program for doctors, lawyers, and insurers who want to gain greater insight on how to improve patient recovery results and deliver better services in the U.S. injury market. Please welcome your host, Dr. Jeffrey Allen Kronk. Hello, doctors, and welcome to today's program. Today, what I want to talk about is choose wisely. Let's let's talk about a conversation that comes up a lot on x-raying patients. When you have a trauma patient, um, you are going to need to assess. If you're going to assess ligament damage, you have to be able to assess with a uh, imaging study, which is it's a radiology study. It's an x-ray study. It's stress, stress radiology. Stress radiology and utilization of like the ICA best practices will pick up about 95 to 99% of the physical underlying cause of uh, routine uh, pain in the spine. Now, I know I make that assertion and we have this thing called Choose Wisely, which is, you know, endorsed by the American Chiropractic Association. And it's things that patients should question. I'm going to take the other stance. Patients should question when a, when a, when a doctor is not using an x-ray because spinal instability is the number one cause of pain and disability today. And not enough providers actually understand how to assess it or how to assess it rapidly, quickly, and then treat the underlying condition. If that were the case, the whole chronic pain uh, situation in the United States today would be completely different. But let's read Choose Wisely. It says, avoid routine spinal imaging in the absence of, of clear clinical indicators for patients with acute low back pain of less than six weeks duration. Now, just to, to start to tear this thing apart. First of all, avoid routine spinal imaging in the absence of clear clinical indicators for patients with acute low back pain of less than six weeks. So the guy just, uh, he fell from the steps and... He has acute low back pain. He, he fell uh, seven steps and he has acute low back pain. Fell down, rolled down, and really has bad back pain. Are you kidding me that you're not going to use any kind of imaging to see if there's not an underlying problem? Of course you would. If the person uh, injured their back at work lifting something, they felt a pop, and they have acute, uh, uh, acute low back pain, of course you're going to image. You're going to image to be able to assess the injury. You can't assess an injury, you can't assess a ligament injury without stress radiology. So if you feel like the person has a ligament injury, so if I went to, right now, if I went to Medscape and said, hey, pull up the indications for a cervical sprain and the indications for a lumbar sprain, you're going to pretty much see the, the indications of everything that you treat in your offices today, you're going to find, right? But this says, hey, I've got acute low back pain of less than six weeks of duration. So the patient comes in and they can barely walk and they've been in low back pain for five weeks. This guideline says that you shouldn't take an x-ray. Now, I think that that is absolutely 1000% ludicrous. I think it's insane. I think it, it borders on malpractice. That's how bad I think that routine is. But let's read further. First of all, it says multidisciplinary evidence-based guidelines recommend against the routine use of spinal imaging for patients with acute low back pain of less than six weeks duration in the absence of clear clinical indicators. Now, 
It doesn't say what multidisciplinary evidence-based guidelines that supports that, right? If I look at the ICA best practices guidelines, I don't see that. If I look at the practicing chiropractors clinical practice guidelines, I don't see that. And if I just think with common clinical sense, it makes no sense at all. But it says absence of clear clinical indicators. Such indicators include, but not limited to, right? Now, I want you to get the fact that such in indicators include, but are not limited to, and they only give history of cancer. All right. Let's see. I got a history of skin cancer on my face. I should now take x-rays because the person has low back pain. Um, it says history of cancer, fracture or suspected fracture. All right. I think nobody's going to disagree with that. Progressive neurological symptoms. All right. Progressive neurological symptoms. I think that's important. Yeah, you would x-ray for that. And infection. So person comes in. First of all, today, if they had, if they had a, if they had a uh, fever, you probably wouldn't get, they wouldn't get into your clinic uh, or no one would take them. You have to come with a hazmat suit to actually do something for them. But so basically if they have a history of can so suspected fracture, progressive neurological symptoms, those are, those are givens. History of cancer. That's interesting. doesn't say what kind of cancer and infection. So if you thought that they had cancer, a fracture, they have progressive neurological symptoms or an infection, they basically, uh, yeah, you should x-ray. Now you have to remember this is coming from the ABIM Foundation. This is a foundation, medical foundation. Now, one of the things that I'm going to take a stand on is today medicine is so bad that number two cause of uh, patients visiting a, a medical doctor today is low back problems, is back problems, right? That's, that comes right out of um, the National Medline Plus, U.S. National Library of Medicine, low back pain acute. It says low back pain is the number two reason that Americans see their healthcare provider. It's second only to colds and flu. It says here, low back pain is most often. Now, this is this is... This is coming right out of the U.S. National Library of Medicine. This is Medline Plus, and it basically comes right out of the medical encyclopedia for the National Library of Medicine. And it says causes, right? Acute low back pain is most often caused by a sudden injury to the muscles and ligaments supporting the back. The pain may be caused by muscle spasms or strain or tear in the muscles or ligaments, right? So... That's the most common cause, is most often caused by sudden injury to the muscles and ligaments. Now, without an x-ray, you can't determine the ligament damage. And there's, a, there's almost a movement today to move doctors to be even worse doctors. Now, one of the biggest movements there are and have been is to medications. So I don't want to malign any profession, but the medical profession is not trained well. Anybody can look it up. Anybody can Google search, hey, what is the typical medical doctor's experience with musculoskeletal education? It's very little. The medical schools are very, very poor in musculoskeletal education. That's very, very overt today. Anybody can look it up. That's not an opinion. Anybody can look that up. So if you've got the average American today, average American, 
spends $10,000 a year on healthcare. So if you have six members of your family, remember these are Americans, doesn't matter if you're a 60 year old American or if you're a two year old American, the average American spends over $10,000 a year in healthcare. Now, a lot of you are going to sit out there and say, hey, look, I, I didn't spend that much money last year. I didn't spend that much money. This is the average, right? For average Americans. Over, so if you have a family of six, your, your family's attribute toward the healthcare dollars, you're, you're spending it one way or another. It's increased costs in your insurance, increased costs in products that you buy. It's increased cost of goods that you buy because employers are having to pay for these insurances. So you, you spend, as a family... 10000 per person. If you have six people, you spend $60,000 a year. What are you getting for this? Right? What we need to get is a lot better health care. That's what we need. We, we need to get a lot better health care. A lot of people talk about universal health care. Oh, there's not, nothing problem with, you know, if you want to talk about universal health care. But if you talk about universal health care without improving health care, it's just a universal catastrophe. Because what has to be talked about now is improving health care. We in the United States have some of the poorest health statistics in the world. We in the United States have some very, very poor statistics. And so we need to actually do a lot better job of, of, of getting a better understanding of the conditions that we treat. When I say the United States has a, has a drug problem, as I've said before, America's Americans constitute 4.6 of the world's population, but we've been consuming 80% of the global opioid supply and 99% of the global hydrocodone supply, 99% of the global hydrocodone supply. Now, again, where does this come from? This comes right out of the, the Library of Medicine, National Center for Biotechnology Information. It's a review in the Pain Physician 2008, March 112 Supplement um, Therapeutic Opioids, a 10-year perspective on the complexities and complications of escalating use, abuse, and non-medical use of opioids. Now, here's an interesting thing. We, can, we consume 80% of the global opioid supply, 99% of the global hydrocodone supply, as well as two-thirds of the world's illegal drugs. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. Now, how does this relate to choose wisely? Well, you have the same, the same sort of uh, philosophy saying that an x-ray is not good. An x-ray is not good. You know, if, if I want to actually even go a little bit deeper with this, I mean, I can go right to, uh, I can go to right to the American... Family Physicians, Non-Specific Low Back Pain and Return to Work. Anybody can pull this article up. It was published in 2007. And basically in that article, it talks about low back pain, low back injury, and return to work. And it says key recommendations for practices are antidepressants, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, key um, physicians should address personal and occupational psychosocial barriers to the patient. That's a key they should have multiple dis, multidisciplinary programs. That's a key. But in this same article, they state, hey, 
One of the biggest risk factors is the cause of low back pain cannot be clearly identified in 90% of the patients. They go on to say, there's a strong evidence that personal and occupational psychosocial variables play a more important role than spinal pathology or the physical demands of the job. So the underlying physical thing in these guidelines is not important. And that's a serious problem. That's what leads to choose wisely. Listen, nothing means anything. I'll go back to the choose wisely now. So I just gave you the indicators. It said such indicators include, but not limited to history of cancer, fracture, or suspected fracture based on clinical history, progressive neurology symptoms, and infection. Doctors of chiropractic must also consider conditions that potentially preclude a dynamic thrust to the spine, which include, but are not limited to osteopenia, osteoporosis, axial spondyloarthritis, and tumors. Unnecessary imaging incurs monetary cost. Exposes the patient to ionizing radiation can result in labeling patients with conditions that are not clinically meaningful. Having spinal instability that's severe is clinically meaningful. It, it can create, they're saying it can create a false sense of vulnerability and disability. Listen, if we look and we are to actually look at chiropractic going side by side, side by side with the, with the, um, with medicine. So if we look at, like, there's a North Carolina study I'll bring up. Uh, this study looked at more than 43,000 work comp claims over a 19-year period, 1975 to 1994. It was done at that time. Found dramatic differences in the average treatment cost between chiropractic patients, medical patients, and patients treated by both. The analysts revealed that the average, now this is in 1975 to 1994, the average total cost of an injured worker's claim managed by a medical doctor was 21,774, more than claims managed by a DC. For a chiropractic patient, however, average treatment costs in those days were $663. $663 versus $21,074. And the injured workers treated by chiropractors experienced lost work days for an average of 33 days to 143 days less than workers seen by an MD, right? So in Nevada, Nevada did a study, uh, found that loss of work time under chiropractic care is less than one third of the time of loss under medical care. The study also found that the average medical cost per patient was 260% higher than the average chiropractic cost, right? No matter what study you want to look at, the, the cost comparisons are off the charts, but yet we accept these guidelines. Um, and I have no idea why we accept these guidelines because they don't make any sense. They don't make any sense at all. And anybody that stands up and now goes against um, the fact that they don't make any sense, you know, someone will try to not make sense of me for saying this, right? But when we look at the cost comparison studies, chiropractors in general. Um, however, I'm going to say this, there is a degeneration of chiropractic in the market today. There is a degeneration of chiropractic in the market today. I think that the provider of uh, 30 years ago understood better how to assess a condition called a spinal subluxation or a spinal instability than the providers of today. There's been this washout and the biggest washout is in the x-ray. 
Remember, x-ray is what keeps a doctor of chiropractic a primary healthcare provider. Without x-ray, without imaging, without the utilization of imaging to diagnose things, there is no primary healthcare provider status for the chiropractic chiropractor in the in the market today. So, you know, this this idea of the fact that uh, Choose Wisely comes out and says, uh, comes out with these guidelines, I think these guidelines are horrible. I, I think they're malpractice. That's how bad I think these guidelines. It, it goes on to say, do not permit repeat imaging to monitor patient progress. Now, l- listen, this, this, is, this is idiotic. With few exceptions, the long-term management of, of idiopathic scoliosis. Radiographic findings should not be used as outcome measures for low back pain. I agree. They should not be used as outcome for low back pain. A pain questionnaire should be used for that. Absolutely. But if you're fixing the underlying cause, and the underlying cause is a, you're saying that it is a curvature problem. And that's what you're saying is the cause of it, and you're looking to correct it. The only way you can look to correct it is with imaging. You can't see without imaging if it's corrected or not. So there are underlying physical conditions that cause both acute and chronic situations to occur in the patient that the only way you can monitor whether you've corrected it or not is with a repeat x-ray. So of course it's not used, the the way these are written with few exceptions, radiographic findings should not be used as outcome measures for low back pain, right? There is currently no data able to support the relationship between changes in alignment or other structural characteristics and patient improvement. Now, again, that is, a, that is an assault on the profession of chiropractic. There is no current data available to support a relationship between changes in alignment and other structural characteristics and patient improvement. If the 90, 60,000 doctors of chiropractic today are not adjust, if they're adjusting something and they're getting great results, isn't it, isn't it associated with improvement of some structural characteristic? Isn't something be improved? How else do you explain the great results? The practice increases costs, exposes patients unnecessary radiation, and may distract for more meaningful outcomes. Now, I have no idea what that means. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't believe it increases costs. I believe it decreases costs. It only increases costs with the doctors that don't know how to use the x-rays. Uh, exposes the patients unnecessarily to ionizing ra- radiation. I think you you have to you have to make that risk, which I, in everything I've ever read, has been extremely low, in order to get down to the cause of the problem, and and how it this distracts from more meaningful outcomes. I have no idea. Furthermore, there is no correlation between performing routine or repeat. Nobody knows what routine x-rays. What is a routine x-ray? Sounds like you're x-raying the person every time the person comes in. A person may come in and you do a set of x-rays, or you may have a set of x-rays from another chiropractor that you refer and you get those x-rays. But looking at a set of x-rays is the only way that you can assess visually what the spine looks like. Um, You know, uh, basically, so what it says is there's no known correlation before between performing routine or repeat imaging studies to monitor a patient's condition and improve clinical outcomes or meaningful changes in patient management. Of course there is. Repeat imaging is appropriate only if strong clinical indications exist. 
such as a major change in diagnosis documenting worsening of symptoms or significant progression of disease. Failure to respond to treatment is not an indication for repeat imaging. These are so badly written, it's, it's unreal. Doctors, if you're going to replace uh, really bad guidelines, you have to replace them with really good guidelines. In the Smart Injury Doctors program, I routinely tell doctors that they need to list their di- they need to list their guidelines as the ICA best practice guidelines as the PCCRP guidelines you need to have guidelines because guidelines are what protect you and they protect the profession and the only times you realize how much they protect you is when you're under attack so you want to use good guidelines today And you want to actually be able to stand up and start to talk about the fact that some of these guidelines that are being promoted are so bad. And it's okay, even though you're one, you may sit in in your office right now, you may sit in your car, you may be listening to what I'm saying right now and thinking, well, I'm just one guy, I'm just one gal. No, you're one gal or one guy in part of a whole group of gals and guys. And the more that you contribute to this group, and you, the more you assist with getting this group aligned in its procedures, the better you actually have the group. Chiropractic has a philosophy, it always has, alignment improves function. Well, it's only an aligned profession that will actually improve function within the profession and function outside of the profession. The dental profession is a great example. Dentists are very aligned with what they do, routinely utilizing their 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 guidelines of what they do and how they do it and look at what they've done in the market they've done phenomenal in the u.s market so you want to use guidelines so the key to this program was just taking a very like three thousand foot look at the choose wisely guidelines these are guidelines that are really really poor Um, i don't know how they ever got into the chiropractic profession but the chiropractic Practic profession, in my experience, has been washing out. And that's why you have more and more and more difficulty as a doctor of chiropractic today. There is a way out. And the way out is to align with high-level providers doing high-level procedures that are based on great guidelines. Doctors, that's all I want to say today about this uh, particular topic. Put your comments down below. You liked it, you didn't like it, what you'd like to hear more of. And as always, I thank you very much for taking the time to listen to me. And I look forward to seeing you on the next next Smart Injury Doctors podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the Smart Injury Doctors podcast, the number one audio production show for professionals in the U.S. injury market that want to deliver better injury services to the patients, clients, or insureds they serve. If you like what you heard today, please leave us a review and don't forget to join us on our next program.